Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Joy. Hello. Amanda usually does the intro, but today I'm doing the intro because we have Joy Frame on the show and I met her at my Huga retreat that I went to earlier this month, which as I was talking to Jeff the other day was my last like hurrah <laughs> of community <laughs> of like being out in the real world and like doing things with people. So I'm really excited that I get to have her back on the show or back in like talking space. Sure. Yeah. Right. Talking space. Yeah. Oh, I feel like now that we're doing like zoom with like everyone, it's like, Oh, I get to see you again. So exciting. So mm-hmm. joy is a Michigander and she used to live in Grand Rapids and now she's up in Petoskey, which is like way up there. And I talk about how like, yes, it's cold here in Michigan, but it's like, cold up there <laughs> in Michigan. I still have like a lot of snow in my yard. Wow. And so Kristen, you talk about Michigan as the glove. So you're in the middle or the hand, right? Yeah. So, so, so where are you, Joy? Like here. Oh, here. So like so the like top, the top of, the of your, <laughs> yeah, the top of your ring finger. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got snow on Monday. We got like four inches of snow on Monday. And then Monday afternoon, it was all gone. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that quick of a turnaround here because now it is, we're recording this on Thursday at seven o'clock and it is 55 degrees and raining. So my headaches are a mess, but I am super excited for this conversation. So Joy has been a social worker for, I don't want to say your whole life because you were a kid once (laughs) and we're going to talk about that because we always talk about everybody's, uh, early childhood because that always is super formative but now you want to open up a coffee shop and community tell us you explained it so much better than i will so tell us more (laughs) um cavern fever is a um collective play and coffee space so i call it cabin fever coffee and play house so um in our town we have a pretty small town but there really isn't a place to take your kid to get out of your house and winter in Petoskey starts in October or November and it lasts well into the spring of most other Midwest towns. So um, it can be kind of long and I want to create a space that's um, open for people to come and hang out and enjoy and kids to play around and enjoy time together too. I love that. That's long. Yeah, I thought it was such a great concept because when you think about coffee shops a lot, they're not really warm, friendly, you know, mom or babysitter or nanny friendly environments. You know, they're very much Mm -hmm. like, oh, I need to get this work done on my laptop. I'm going to go here and get this stuff done in a quiet space. It's very, I don't want to say cold, but a little bit distant in a lot of them and the thing that you're creating just sounds so 
warm and cozy and for a place that, you know, shuts down for half the year and becomes, you know, these are the people in my community, so essential. Are you? I think so too. Are you a mom, Joy? I'm not. Oh. Um, I'm hoping to be in the next period of oh, time. Nice. Um, and part of this idea is born out of the idea that, like, when I go hang out with my friends that are kids, it's hard to go mm-hmm. somewhere. Like, it's hard to go somewhere and have a conversation if your kid can walk. Right. <laughs> because your kid is walking out the door half the time. So part of what I want to create is a collective space for women to connect with each other and dads too, obviously, but um, so that you can still connect with your friends who have kids and it's not so stressful, I guess. Right. You don't have to go to McDonald's every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an adult kind of gross. Right. Well, right. Like, well, McDonald's, I feel like is a kid space. Like you always have to go uh-huh. to the kid space if you have kids, mm-hmm. but this is an mm-hmm. adult space that accommodates kids, which I that's yeah. such a great angle. And like you said yeah. too, just now you're like for the moms and dads too, but like, it's such an empowering women move, like this yeah. idea. And I love that, too. I love that, too. So do you have the space already? It's like a brick and mortar, obviously. It's an actual spot. Um, yeah. So um, when Kristen and I met at Huga, I was just kind of in the beginning stages and really creating my goals and just absorbing a lot of stuff. And so after that, I really hit the ground running with filing my LLC, creating my little closed hashtag and sure. my closed Instagram, and then... Um, and then we are in a pandemic. So obviously that's really impacted my momentum and mood and ability to think about it, honestly. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Kind of in limbo. Totally. Because you want to create a space where literally people can come together. And we are now, <laughs> now we're not allowed to come together. We are yeah. strictly forbidden from coming together. It's kind of an advantage, though, because, I mean, you didn't start it yet. So you can see how maybe other businesses are Mm -hmm. handling it and then have something like a protocol Mm -hmm. in place that if something does happen, how would you hit? Like, you could think about it before having to do it. So, you know, that's that's a way to use it. Yeah. And it's great that you didn't sign a lease. Exactly. Yeah. So it is great. It it, it is. (laughs) I've invested zero money so far. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm in a great spot. Yeah. A lot of people are, and we've talked time. we've talked on this show yeah. before about how growth is not linear, and sometimes you go through dormancy periods, and this is this is a huge dormancy period for a lot of people's <laughs> the planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the planet. right? <laughs> yeah, this you know trajectory for a lot of people's careers. I mean, for a lot of people's careers, it's going in the opposite direction for so many people mm-hmm. you have to pivot for so many you know it is well i thought i was going to be here i thought i was going to have to go here yeah. and now it's like well you know you don't even know monday from tuesday anymore right i think it really like having to put things on hold which i don't like that phrase really like putting your dreams on sure. hold but like because I had to, I have to take this pause and moving forward at all. It has really kind of helped me identify that it's something that I really, really want. Mm-hmm. So I get to see myself and say, like, you really wanted that because you're really, really sad. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of helps me move forward with the best choices because I know how much I wanted it. Yeah. I guess. So 
not trying to just like throw a silver lining on it, but that's been my kind of growth over the last two weeks. So who knows? Isn't the most like frightening part of it is that we don't know really how long it's going to last. Like to me, that's the, the weirdest, most surreal part is that I could deal with a break and mm-hmm. I could deal with a pause and I could deal with it. But like not knowing how long every day it's like, well, will this be a week or a month or two months or three? Like just not knowing how or long. Or the whole year. Right. Like, who knows? Right. <laughs> that's been to me like so, the weirdest mm-hmm. thing that my brain's trying to wrap around. Mm-hmm. But so, so how did, so you were a social worker and then this dream either, you know, when did the dream kind of settle on you and like you knew you wanted to pursue it? What did that kind of look like and feel like? Um, I'm still a social I was going to say, are you still was, social working? <laughs> Sorry to correct no, you. I think I will always be a social worker. I, um, I think that the skills that I have as a social worker really work well in the setting sure. too. It's, I'm, I work with people. That's my job here now and that hopefully will be my job for my whole life um but how did I come up with the idea um starting to think about having a family of our own and um being from Grand Rapids there's like 20 things you could do on a rainy day and if you have a rainy day in Petoskey you have like you have a library which is great and that's really important but um I kind of want to create the things that I need to survive here so um that's kind of what it was born from. I love it. And you felt, you so. feel a need for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I completely understand that. And I think the things that we create that are born out of necessity, they grow in so much more interesting ways and they find like deeper roots in ways and this is this goes back to our season of growth and all of our growth metaphors that I have and (laughs) like you were just saying you know if you weren't forced to take this holy weird pause that nobody would have said hey yeah the entire world's gonna shut down and everyone's gonna have to stay in their houses as soon as spring comes next year even though we've all been staying in our houses for the last six months here. I think we all would have just been like, yeah, okay. And I'm just going to go over here now and talk to the other people at this party. Mm-hmm. But then you have to confront everything else. You have to be like, well, okay, no one's ever going to want to come out and be together with other people again, ever. That's like a, a reality it could be okay we're never going to be allowed to be back you know in groups of more than 10 for three months or six months or whatever it is and i could just put this off until then but the fact that you want this now you're sad about it now you're still like no this is my thing now that's what matters because there's so much work to be done. And if you're willing to put the work in when it's hard, it's not like it becomes simple. It's never easy. It's never like there's not work. Mm-hmm. But you know that you can do the hard work during the hardest times. So how have you been handling yeah. this sadness, Joy? Or like... 
how's that kind of looked um, for you? I think it comes and goes in different ways. I think last week I cried a lot about it <laughs> and I just was sad. Um, my husband works in the medical field, so we've had a lot of really weird ups and downs and trying to figure out what this means for my work. I'm still working. I just work from home and make phone calls instead of visiting with people. But um, there isn't a, I don't think I have like a thing. I don't have a, a nugget of wisdom about how I've been handling yeah. it. I think I've, I've journaled a lot more. That's been really helpful. Um, I've talked to my mom a lot more. That's been helpful. <laughs> um, We're all still like yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 Trying to adjust from one thing to another. And like you, your job as a social worker is like dealing with a lot of emotions too from like, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. it, is it, do you work with adult population or is it adults and kids? Um, I work with adults. I work for hospice. So I work with a lot of elderly wow. people providing a lot of like companionship and normalizing a lot of things right. at that time in their life. So right. my job is a heady job in general and I find when I talk about emotions, I'm able to quickly move from one to the next because my job makes that normal and important. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're like sitting with somebody and it's really depressing and the next minute you're celebrating someone's success. So kind of being prepared for that, I feel makes me like kind of jumpy in my own emotions (laughs) in my own life. So um, yeah, just sitting with it. That's the thing. Right. There's you know, not really all that much that we can control. Mm-hmm. So languishing on the things that we can't control is only going to make our anxiety worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as, I mean, Amanda and I are both people with anxiety. And to fall back into old habits, especially now when you are home without a routine that's when it's so easy to slip into bad habits and not realize that you're doing it mm-hmm. and I feel like like I love what you said about sitting with it like when I think about my true leaps of growth in my life it's been because I didn't try to distract away from it that I did mm-hmm. like plow through it with it all happening but then I think but there are still some healthy distractions out there that we can't do like you know so Mm -hmm. it's one thing to distract in an unhealthy way but as human beings especially with anxiety like like and I have OCD as well I've been treated for that and I've learned that structure and routine are like enemies of the OCD because if you're keeping yourself on an agenda even when things pop in that you try to compulse about you're you're making a choice to stick with your agenda but when there's no agenda and it's very it's a lot Mm -hmm. of idle time there's nothing Mm -hmm. to say I'm going to continue with you know so so you Mm -hmm. said the word before to normalize which I which rang in my ear because I saw something today that said new normal or so like like I feel like that's and in life, not just during a pandemic or now, mm-hmm. but like always reestablishing like this new normal and then trying to mm-hmm. insert like agenda or routine or stuff where it's not because mm-hmm. it's like unprecedented territory kind of. 
I don't know, but you seem to have be doing that for patients all the, or for, I don't know what you call them. Are they called patients for your... I'm great with the people I work with, patients, yeah. clients, whatever. Um, I'm not always great with it myself. Right. <laughs> so that's a hard practice too. I see so much on social media right now that's talking about creating a routine and doing your exercise and all these things. And I find myself judging my own day, like today, I didn't get a lot done. I didn't have a routine. Right. Um, my husband went to work a lot later than he normally does. If you were to like pan and see my All of kitchen, us. it's like a disaster. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to sit with a, a stance of non-judgment towards myself because, um, yeah, all the healthy coping and the routine is really important, but also giving myself permission to just be bummed and be okay with yeah. that, I guess. I'm waffling in between the like, make all these plans and do all these things, paint the upstairs, make masks for the hospital because you can and you have time and just being, I guess, idle, right. which is okay also. Right normalizing for myself as I'm saying it's okay to be idle <laughs> yeah no I think that that's I think that's exactly what it is I think that it's great to make a plan it's great to have a routine it's great to have that and then also right now if you hit 50% you're great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you get your eight hours of sleep because honestly man if you get eight hours of sleep right now, that's fantastic. You are really ahead of the game because I don't know. I woke up screaming this week. Why? <laughs> Who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. If you're drinking all your water, fantastic. Like if you are showering, if you are changing your clothes, like if, you know, your routine needs to include all of the stuff that like actually takes care of you. Mm -hmm. And like half of that stuff also needs to include like that rest time where you're dealing with the fact that like, oh yeah, somebody touched my mailbox. Do I need to wipe it down with Lysol? Mm -hmm. And like that might take up 15 minutes of brain space in your day. And, like, that's the new normal of, like, do I waste my Lysol wipe on the <laughs> mailbox or do I wait? <laughs> and, like, mm -hmm. and yeah. like we giggle because that's the only thing we can do. Right. Because if we don't so giggle, then what the, what the F are we going to do about it? Like, it's so unbelievable. Like, that's just the natural reaction of the body to be like, is this real <laughs> life right now? It right. is. And, yeah. and we need, like. We need that laughter. We need that rest time to like adjust because in any transition period, in any adjustment period, like we produce excess hormones. We like the cortisol. I, I, I know. I mean, like literally my body is, is doing this. Like I get stressed and then I'm like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, oh, right. Because you just stressed yourself out enough to like the equivalent of running miles around the track right mm -hmm. when your body's not doing work but you're still tired it's confusing to like 
like logically. But I've been feeling that's a good two and a half hour nap today. I just like sat like a vampire on the couch and woke up two and a half hours later in the same position. <laughs> like I didn't even like it was just my body. Like and I've been getting sleep. I think it's just the overworking of the brain, the new routine and trying to learn the remote learning and the stress of like, like even like my sister, like I'm like, I can't, she works in a hospital. I'm like, I can't see you. Like I'll talk to you, but I don't want to, you know, like you have to quarantine yourself. I don't know. I don't know. But that makes I've me I've kind sad. of shifted my whole, like um, my husband works in a hospital. It's terrifying. And I've kind of like shifted my whole work goals I guess to being like caring for his needs which feels really like anti-feminist to put his needs before mine but I'm just like did you get a meal did you drink your water but it's (laughs) go to bed it's not medical (laughs) professional right now yeah Yeah. like Mm -hmm. what if you had a wife wouldn't it be the same way yeah exactly yeah she should be helping me out. Right, exactly. Yeah. If like if your if your wife was a doctor, we would be doing the same thing mm-hmm. for her. If exactly. if your wife was a nurse, we would be doing the same thing for her. And mm-hmm. if you are a nurse, then your husband, if like if your husband was a house husband, he would be doing the same thing for you. Yeah. And you know, that's what relationships are. That like that's why mm-hmm. we have relationships. That's why we get mm-hmm. married. So that like right. when we're in a pandemic and your husband is a doctor, mhm someone is there to take care of him right right and it's a mental shift that's hard for me that's what i'm admitting to i guess well i'm glad that you're saying it out loud and i'm glad that we can say like good for you for saying it out loud and also we talk about these things okay yeah yeah like you are fully supporting another human being it doesn't matter that he's a guy yeah, but it is right. an interesting thing how like we've we're making sure that we're being feminist and like always that that's on our mind. Like even me when I cook a meal, I'm like, should I be doing that? Like I even question sometimes. <laughs> like, am I being like? But no, mm-hmm. it's my choice, and I love doing it. Like of course, right? But exactly. my mind does do that thing that you just did. Like, like I don't. But have like to throw do it back to like if this were actual like. We sent women to work in the factories during wars. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar to, you know, in order to survive, we need to eat. If people working in hospitals, if people, like, if people who are doing essential jobs can't feed themselves, you know, cook solid meals a day because mm-hmm. they can't, you know, if you're working in a hospital right now, there's no way that you can provide yourself with three solid meals a day. It's just not possible. That's, that's, it's just not how the world's working right now. So having someone who can provide food for essential Mm -hmm. personnel is essential. It's what helps me like actually do it also, instead of just like continuing down my spiral of not really being productive on this weird productive like I feel like being quarantined or being in a stay-at-home order you have these weird levels of productivity like you're both being productive by sitting on the couch because that's what you need yes (laughs) but you also are being productive by taking care of things and doing work so when my normal job is not providing me with a lot of sense of productivity 
I have to like reframe my whole work to be helping Nick right. get off to work and be okay on his days off and like nurture that way. So I have to like consciously think, yes, you're being productive, even though this isn't how you normally feel productive. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It yeah. makes so much sense. And like, it would be the same if you had any other person that you are similarly close mm-hmm. with living with you. Because like that's, I and I don't know you that well, but I can see that's who you are as a person. And it's important to take care of our people now. Mm-hmm. And like, however you can take care of your people, that's how you take care of your people. Whether it's mm-hmm. feeding them, whether it's, sending them wonderful text messages, whether it's writing them letters. You sent me the most, I have it, I literally have it <laughs> like push pinned to my wall so that whenever I'm feeling like not awesome, I just read this Aww. note from Joy. So however you need to take care of your people and like it might look radically different from a month ago. How many moms mm-hmm. and dads are homeschooling now? Yeah. How many grandpas and grandmas are homeschooling or aunts or like, brothers or sisters yeah mm-hmm. or attempting to homeschool yeah and i think it's such an interesting time to um we had mk on the show and mk talked about how after the 2016 election she didn't want to go into politics because it just made her sad and so she looked at mm-hmm. her skills and was like well wh- what can i do to be you know what what else can i do And I think a lot of people right now are saying, well, you know, what skills do I have? And being like, well, Mm -hmm. how do I help? And that type of ingenuity is, it's so hopeful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really cool thing to, to look at right now. Yeah. And we always talk about on the podcast, like, on about bandwidth and I feel like some people right now have the bandwidth for that like I've been thinking a lot about how if this pandemic happened two years ago like you know two years ago me and like kind of the trajectory (laughs) that I was on for that year 2018 was not my year and I'm like I would have had like significantly less bandwidth two years ago if this went on than I do now. I feel like I put all the work in last year to be a strong, to be stronger and be emotionally more ready for this. But two years ago, I would not have been. And so like, I think about that all the time. It's like, I'm, I'm grateful for how I feel now, but I'm also aware that I'm at a higher bandwidth than maybe I would have been, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's that too. It's like to take the advice and to know like people are doing such good things but if you're not at that bandwidth that that's okay for you too like we always talk about that the energy level kind of Kristen, what you've been talking about too (sighs) with like the momentum planner and like energy level bandwidth like emotionally where you're at on the scale is gonna affect and i just think like in any given moment saying what do i want to be doing right now like if it's a letter like that's your productivity like that's what you want to be doing and you Mm -hmm. have the time and space to do it and like yeah it's a new normal way of like programming ourselves but that's the show crafty as female like we're crafty and resourceful and figuring it Mm -hmm. out (laughs) that's why this conversation is like so relevant i think now 
I think it's going to be really helpful because one of the things that I think we've been stuck in for a while as women, you know, both with kids, without kids, uh, you know, who just women in general, and you, to a much lesser extent men, but men fall into the same trap of being busy, of glorifying busy, of, you know, I have all of these things on my calendar, I'm going to put this on, I, you know, let me squeeze this in. And now, like, you really have to take stock of, you know, what can you fit in and what do you have time to do in a given space? Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, there are a ton of people who no longer have the ability to do their job at home. And people's lives have changed drastically. And for a lot of people, you know, especially retired people, staying inside is now just literally living inside your house. And now you don't have anything to do except be inside your house. But for a lot Mm -hmm. of other people, there's just an insane amount of, you know, how do I fit my work day into my home day now? I have, you know, 40 hours of work that I have to do during the day. You know, Amanda with teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to literally teleteach kids all over the place. And instead of, you know, saying, oh, okay, well, my commute starts at 7.30, then I'm going to get to work, I have my work day, and then I'm going to commute, I'm going to try to go to the gym, I'm going to try to fit in a visit here, I'm going to try to fit in a thing over here, and then you're trying to fit in all of these things... And some things kind of get pushed out and other things get pushed out in other ways. You know, you don't have anywhere to go. You see, like, Mm -hmm. I have a meeting at 2 o'clock. I have a meeting at 3 o'clock. I have a meeting at 4 o'clock. I have to be on call from 8 to 4. And when you don't have anywhere else to go, your time becomes, I don't want to say necessarily more valuable, but it becomes priced the same way. Like, your time is as valuable in the morning as it is at night because you're in the same place. Like, we can hold a meeting at 1 o'clock now. We can also hold a meeting at 4 o'clock because we're all in the same place. I'm in my house. Mm-hmm. You're in your house. So it doesn't really matter necessarily, with a few exceptions, you know, kids can't really get taught at 11 o'clock at night but for the most part you know during normal waking hours you know whatever they might be our time is all the same we don't have to coordinate you know we all have to be at the same place here we all have to be at the same place here so it democratizes our time in a way that it's never been democratized before which makes things less ableist it makes things so much more able to be seen in various ways and i know i'm rambling and going off on a tangent but i think this is an important point that we get to see what things we value more like we value conversations on this podcast so we set a time you know we set aside 90 minutes to have conversations with women on this podcast i don't know if i would do that if i had to you know 
drive to a coffee shop, set up at the coffee shop, then have a 90 minute conversation, then drive back home. And then like, mm-hmm. there are ways for us to efficiently use our time. And I yeah. think that we get to see that in a lot better ways. And I think that's going to be a lot better for a lot of people. Yeah. Kind of like saying, I have all this time. What do I want to fill it with? Because I can't fill it with A, B, C, D, E, F, like it, it, the usual You can't things. fill it with commuting. Right. You can't fill it with, you know, walking to the water cooler. You know, you can't fill it with. <laughs> and if you have a Two lunch hours. break. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can't fill it with. You know, if your lunch break is an hour, then you have no excuse but to go and make yourself a healthy lunch. And if you right. spend an hour making yourself and eating a healthy lunch in your kitchen, you're going to be so healthy. Like, <laughs> I, your time is yeah. going to be happy. Right, so mm-hmm. well spent. Right. And then you realize the value of actually spending time cooking yourself food. Right. I've been seeing a lot of themes in posts on Instagram of people going, wow, like, I didn't realize how jam-packed I did make my schedule. Like, it's been a lot of moms with the kids saying, like, when you don't have a soccer or this or that or that, like, to, to drive the kids to, like, <laughs> like it's making – the theme of it is, like, I'm going to reconfigure when this is over, like, how jam-packed our days are. Mm-hmm. Because it is uh, – there's no other choice right now, and then you really do see. How exhausting it Yeah. Is. Yeah, and how you... S- I listened to... I used to... I listened to this podcast about, like, priorities and time and saying, like, we really do have plenty of time to do all the things we want, which is a not popular opinion, but <laughs> it talked about, like, how you make the things that are the most important to you a priority. Right. So, yeah, I watched Netflix today because doing the dishes was not a priority. Mm-hmm. It's not that I didn't have time to do the dishes. It's that it wasn't a priority. Right. And that's helped me like shift my ability to do things that I do really want to do, but never really commit to doing is telling myself, well, no, then working out or meditating isn't a priority for you. And you need to accept that instead of continuing to lie to yourself. Yeah. That's what has worked for me, but and I think that that's a, it's hard. That's a really important part is that it is it's it's a little it's a lie to yourself, and mm-hmm. like you don't want to start that cycle because the cycle of lying to yourself is really hard to break. Because once you start down that like, oh okay, you know, I'm lying to myself about this, and then you don't. You know, oh, I'm not really sad. You know, oh, this is not, you know, this this anxiety attack wasn't actually an anxiety attack. It was just, you know, because of this and this and this. Or, you know, like, oh, and it's okay for the dishes not to be a priority mm-hmm. right now. We're not going anywhere. And nobody's coming to us. Mm-hmm. Right. And no one's exactly. coming over. Right. No one's coming over to like be like, why aren't your dishes done? Right. Mm-hmm. And if they did come over non-pandemic time and they said, why aren't your dishes done? I'm going to say because sitting on the couch with my husband before he went to work was more yeah. important. 
and I should feel fine and empowered to say that instead of, oh, just I got so busy that it doesn't really support authentic relationship with people in a real way. Right. Exactly. So, don't get me wrong. When someone comes over, I'm frantically explaining the counter. <laughs> right, of course. But, right. but if you that's who it. I want to be. Yeah. Right. When somebody's <laughs> yeah. coming over, we're cl- frantically cleaning the amount <laughs> that we prioritized before they visit. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and honestly, the messier my house is before you get here, the more I probably like you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I'm obviously going to clean my bathroom. But, like, otherwise, if my magazines are on my, like, table and, like, there's blankets and, you know, you other stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my Christmas tree is still, like, in my house. It's It's nice. not on it's not decorated but right now my garage will not fit my christmas tree and it has been too cold to reorganize my garage okay so like not a priority that's great Mm -hmm. who's gonna come and see my christmas tree yeah it's in a part of my house that i don't use but being able to reframe in our brain and have vocab for like if someone were to judge, right? Like, I feel like this is where it comes from. It's like, we are going to be judged as lazy or unclean or like whatever it is. But the mm-hmm. truth is like, it has nothing to do with my character. It wasn't a priority. Like, like if, if that's mm-hmm. the phrase we have, like then the, even our self judgment gets turned on its head, Less. you know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. no, it has nothing to do with me. I am clean and I am super productive, but not a priority right now. Like, just accepting That's it. What we need we need stickers that say, "I am clean and productive." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am what I am. Yeah, but there is dishes in yeah. my sink. Yeah, right. right, there are dishes in my right. sink. Right. <laughs> also, there are. I think it's there are constantly dishes in my sink because I do not have enough storage for the amount of there. like pots and pans coffee mugs yeah. mm-hmm. and that's like okay you know they're just going to be out so that's just how i use feel them. about my dishwashers like my dishwasher is another shelf like if i need to put things <laughs> in the dishwasher then i will take them out but otherwise like i need that space right mm-hmm. i think it's a lot about balance too like in no way am i saying that like in black and white it's not black or white sometimes this works and sometimes that works sometimes i cope by this way sometimes i cope by that way too much of that kind of coping is not good too little of that kind of coping isn't good too much dishwashing well that's the thing about priorities they're always shifting and changing yeah yeah exactly well i think that that's another reason why my house is always a little bit messier than i want it to be because when i've had too much of like work crap when i've had too much of like if anyone is like really not if i I don't re- I rarely get into like fights or arguments or any have any bad relationship stuff, but if I do, I can't handle it and then I go on a cleaning spree. Mm. So like it's how to get the energy out. Right. And so I just think like that needs to exist, <laughs> that option to like <laughs> frantically organize up space. <laughs> and then you. I will like move furniture. So like yeah. cuz it helps. It's, you need right, to push something heavy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, I need to be like, okay, I am this small person, and I'm just going to move this entire, you know, desk from like 1955 into this other room over here, and we're not going right. to talk about it afterwards. 
I think there's science behind this. I love rearranging the furniture. I think it's getting a new perspective. It is. I think it's productive to solving problems because you're literally sitting in a different spot. Oh, I feel that. Okay. I'm yes. Okay. I'm so there. I am 100% there. I change furniture around all the time and people have walked into my house and like it, it has been like very upsetting to them to be like, (laughs) why is that chair over there? Did you Mm -hmm. do something? Like, why is your couch in a different spot? And I'd be like, because it's over here now. Yeah. Because this works better. Because, you know, for some reason, we have this giant room back here. And for some odd reason, they didn't connect the heating. Or they connected the heating and the air conditioning. They just didn't actually connect them. (laughs) So we have... It wasn't a priority. (laughs) Exactly. It wasn't a priority. They are confident. It just wasn't a priority. (laughs) I have a big... Yeah, I was that. That's the best part of home ownership is figuring out what all of the homeowners before you did, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then being like, "Curse you, curse you." Yep. So yeah, now so like in the winter we don't have any seating up against the one wall because that's no one's ever gonna sit there. But in the summer, it's really nice to sit up against that wall. And gotta change it up. Yeah, no, and it feels good. There's no reason that pieces of furniture need to sit in the exact same spot for 25 years. Yeah, then you can't clean under them frantic, frantically. Also, and, and like that's that's another big truth mm-hmm. is that when you move a piece of furniture, no matter how good you are at like vacuuming or sweeping under something, you're like always gonna find something. Yeah. And almost always change. No matter how little we use change anymore, there's always change whenever I move <laughs> furniture. <laughs> Our dog doesn't, this is just random, but he doesn't eat his food from his bowl. He likes to go spit it on the carpet. <laughs> so gross. And then he like leaves it there for like oh, half he takes of the day. It out of the dish. Yeah. And then he just is like, oh, I'll just leave. There's Sometimes there's like 10 kibbles in our rug, and I'm like, I'm refusing to pick these up. You're a dog. But that's what's always under our furniture is like three kibbles. That's so funny. He needs a change, too. He doesn't want to eat out the same spot. That's right. He's got to test it. Ridiculous. So cute. I love that. So cute. This has been been a really good conversation. I needed it. It's such a, it's such a, it's just so weird. It's such a strange and bizarre time, and I don't even know what, you know, we're talking about it now, and obviously these episodes are going to be interesting to listen back to, and I think it was so great to talk with you, because you had such, you said it earlier in the episode, like, just, like, sitting with it is the only thing that we can be doing right now. And I think that that's really the only, you know, advice that we can give is like, this is here, it's happening, it's happening in different ways to everybody. And yesterday is different from today, today is different from tomorrow, and you have something very cool that you're going to show us when we talk about the currently list. So Amanda, 
Tell us about currently lists so do that you Jorah can... Do, do you want to do resilience first or no? Oh, right. We talk about resilience first. I was so excited to start talking about this this, uh, this thing that, that Joy it. has. Yeah, I know. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about resilience. So, right. Oh, my God. I was so excited. Because okay, I'm dying so... to hear your input on it. Because I was going to say, too, like, I we just said, but, like, everything you just said, Kristen, was so right spot on. And I feel like we really needed this conversation. But, like, I'm going to link to you in show notes and where people can find you, whatever you provide me. But, like, it'll be so interesting to see, like, what comes from what we talked about. Like, even, like, your idea and stuff like that. Like, you're at the beginning stages. And I love that how we kind of flesh it out in the timer and now. But also, like, excited to see what's coming. Anyway, resilience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So season six theme the theme of season six is resilience and we had no idea how much we would be needing resilience here in our lives so we'd love to know what you're thinking about resilience now and has the word resilience ever come up before for you do you see it making a big comeback for you anytime soon um yeah, and basically just what are your thoughts on resilience now and in the past for you? I think when I was listening to your other show about resilience, I think it's a really, I love the word and I love the idea of like the bouncing backness. Um, but I think resilience is like truly bouncing forward. So taking, you know, I've had like, we have classes on this, like I have a book that has a resilience title. It's part of social work education but I think it's really hard to summarize what it means for each person because even though I say like okay bouncing forward is more is the same you know resilience it's important to bounce back and move forward and have growth but there's also like just I don't know recovering from any kind of traumatic event or thing is a bounce back you know, like even like we're talking about um, just like waking up and getting your sleep is success for the day or drinking water or being able to do one task that's important to you. The same is true for resilience, I guess. Absolutely. It's measuring where you're coming back to, but growing, I guess. I don't know, that was kind of a long answer. I when I answer. thought, when I was thinking about it, like, in terms of my own life, I don't have like a moment that I'm like, yeah, I overcame that. Does that other, do other people have a moment when they That's a good can say? No, I don't necessarily think, I mean, I'm sure people do. I have a bunch, but I'm a crazy person who's overcome lots of bizarro things. But other people, no, not necessarily. And I don't think that that it's necessary to be like, oh, yeah, I over, you know, I'm Friday Night Lights. This, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the sleep one is so important. Like, mm-hmm. especially, you know, getting a full night's sleep is a great example. And then also, if you don't get a full night's sleep, then you really need to get that full night's sleep the next night. Mm-hmm. otherwise like mm. well the de- the definition was to talking about bounce back and it oh it 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 gave the word elasticity and then mm-hmm. what i thought of is just that rubber band how you could stretch it and pull it till it's about to break but it'll elastically return to like its shape yeah so like 
when I think of that metaphor, it it kind of applies. Like, so, like, no matter how far you're stretched or pulled, like, you're able to get back to center, get back to, like, groundedness, I guess. Like, no matter mm-hmm. how, like, crazy your mind takes you or the emotions you go through, like, like you're able to know that there's a stead, like, steadfast is a big word for me mm-hmm. lately. And, like, there's, there's mm-hmm. a steadfast part of you that continues forward. But I like that you, I love that, that you said, like, bounce back but bounce forward like that is like a little tiny distinction but it does make all the difference like even a rubber band will return but be launched forward kind of from the pull right Mm -hmm. so interesting very interesting answer that i thought that was a great answer yeah i think that's really important because you don't necessarily want to just you know have some type of traumatic event happen and like that's not realistic also it's not realistic to have trauma occur to you and then mm-hmm. just return to, right. you know, quote unquote, what was normalcy. Like, right. like what's happening now? You know, we're not going to just return to, you know, January. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that is, it remains to be seen, but it's just going to be different. Right. And new and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. And so resilient isn't just the return back, but the continuing on mm-hmm. afterward, like which is the forward part that you were saying, Joy. I love it. That's Very fantastic. I'm so glad that we talked to you so early on because that's such it's an invaluable perspective. I think um, there's I don't know what the like researchy is behind it, but um, there's something that talks about like resilience in kids and um childhood trauma and like a a steadfast to use your word adult and i think that's like a key part of resilience in life in general is that like we can't get through stuff by ourselves which makes this time in the world so much different is because you can't do it by yourself but you have to do it kind of by yourself but the like hashtag alone together right <laughs> thing the movement of we're gonna stay connected in different ways and even maybe more so like i've facetimed my brother more in the last two weeks than i have most of the winter because we can't do it by ourselves so applying that like childhood theory of the thing that improves kids lives is uh involved and compassionate adult person like my little joy inside of me right now needs a compassionate adult. <laughs> That's I so true. That. I think of resiliency with kids all the time because I feel like my students mm-hmm. don't have it. So I think about it like how do we instill it and I don't know. You're right. By be by like you're being there. Yeah. You're showing up on their computer screen. Yeah. And you're a steadfast adult that's got stuff together, you know? yeah I think that's really important you know like you were saying Amanda just picking up the phone when they call you just like being there to text them back because you know you're not there in class each day yeah just literally being there is is really important Mm -hmm. I loved your perspective Joy thanks for bringing it on the show (laughs) okay we're gonna 
round out the episode with our currently round, which is based off of Kristen's currently card, which listeners can get at areyoukristen.com slash currently. I'm just going to roll through the list on the podcast. Are you ready, Joy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you currently watching? Um, Today, Nick and I finished Tiger Kings on Netflix. It's very crazy town (laughs) and very good. That's our next watch. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Tiger King. We're going to watch it. Okay. What are you currently reading? Um, I haven't picked it up in the last week. I don't know why I haven't been picking it up more, but um, Marsha Linehan is a leading therapy developer. She developed dialectical behavioral therapy, which is an evidence-based um, intervention for people with borderline personality disorder. She did a lot of work on suicide and um, suicide interventions that I think truly revolutionize, revolutionized yeah. um, social work and care for people with mental illness and suicidal thoughts. Um, so her book is called Building a Life Worth Living. And it's a memoir actually about her own life and how she kind of came to to DBT herself. Wow. It's really good. Cool. I do uh, ERP for OCD. I don't know that much about it. I would, I would, yeah, up. I want to read it to like compare, kind of. Anyway, what are you currently listening to? Um, I'm listening to the Happy Home Pod um, on Spotify. Um, we listen to a lot of Luke Combs in our house too, because that makes my husband happy, and me happy too. So. The Happy Home, nice. I'll link to it. Yeah. What are you currently? And I think I think I choose it because of the title. Yeah. <laughs> So when I'm listening, I have a happy yeah. Home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Titles work. Good titles work. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you currently making? Um, so I, when we first kind of got the like stay in home order, I went out and bought a pattern. I went out and bought a pattern at um, Joanne Fabrics for this dress. Um, when my husband and I got married a year and a half ago, we sewed all these napkins out of Rifle Paper Company fabric. And it's the cutest fabric. And... I still have a lot of the napkins, but you sewed it for the wedding. I have still have a, yeah, oh, nice. so every like napkin at the table had a really cute napkin. Cute. Anyway, so I had a bunch of fabric, so I made this dress out of it, and it's like almost done, and it's really cute. It's like a little shirt dress, and it has a little collar, so that's waiting to be finished. Amazing. That's what I'm making. When I hear yeah. that people sew, it's like I feel like I could do it, but I need someone to hold my hand through it. I'm not very good at it. I like to rush through things, so I've redone a bunch of it. Me too. It's a good. It's a good practice. Nice, exciting. I hope you share it one day on social media so I could see okay. it. Okay, when it's done. What are you currently feeling? Um, well, that was kind of like the extra thing. I think. Do you want me to do it? Go into it. Yeah, or? tell us about it. Yeah, and then we'll look at it so, on after chatter. Um, um. So this thing is called uh, Grok. I'm not like hyping their product at all but um it's it's grok is a verb to like empathize or like perspective taking and so um the cards that i have they have a cool cute little website um but the cards that i have are like your feelings and needs and so the when i was thinking of preparing i was like i don't even know what i feel right now and usually when i do this activity i have like 25 feelings and this deck of cards is like a deck of card like 50 feelings so like vulnerable is one guarded is one frustrated i'm just kind of like reading them 
So like I put vulnerable aside because I feel vulnerable right now. I've never been on a podcast before. It feels <laughs> funny. Um, grumpy, annoyed and peaceful, overwhelmed, tired, disappointed. So I just usually go through and like um, choose the ones that most resonate with me. And so I also feel vulnerable, but I feel calm too because I'm in my house and that's my happy place and I had a nice day. So I feel good about that. So it's just a cool tool to help identify you're, you're feeling yeah, well because I couldn't do it when I, I was first love thinking that. about it. Look it's so in, cool. That's going to look at it in after chatter. That would help yes, too with one, look more. with one little word. Oh, I yeah. feel like sometimes like, cause we do this practice where every, at the end of every year, you pick a new word for going into the new year. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes you just can't think of them. Like sometimes you just need to see words and see what hits you. Yes. Yeah. So I love that. Awesome. Okay. What are you currently planning? Um, I'm planning my spring garden. I'm excited for what I'm going to plant. And we're going to have like a little new area in our backyard. So I'm excited to, um, to plan that. And I'm pl- I like my favorite spring and summer pastime is lawn mowing. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love it. Such a satisfying task. So I'm planning on that, I guess. I'm getting excited for that. I can't wait to lawn mow. <laughs> I, I love, love lawn mowing. <laughs> I love that. Do you want to plant um, like herbs and food or you want to plant flowers? A little bit of both. Mm. I have some flowers that are coming and um, I like both. You know, Kristen's a crazy plant lady, right? I know. Yeah, we talked about that. (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) Cool. Okay. And lastly, what are you currently loving? Um, Right now, um, I'm loving our like communityness. We have a friend that lives in our little subdivision and We've been like just walking. We were friends, Nick, my husband is friends with them from before. And so um, it's just been really nice to have like this weird walking time where we like walk laps around our little cul-de-sac, like five laps. Yes, I get it. And it's really nice to have that kind of community and waving and being more interact, having more far away interactions with people I might not normally have reached out to. So that's what I'm loving right now. I love that answer. Talking to you is great, Joy. Thank this you. This has been such been a good fun. episode. I hope it was a good first podcast experience. I I said I feel calm. So awesome. I, I'm not freaking out. Awesome. So You're going to have to come back too. on when you start up uh, Cabin Fever and talk to, to us that. about how it's been going. Thank yeah, you. I can't wait to come all the way up and visit. What a fun yes. name, by the way, considering the circumstances, Cabin Fever. It's I know. like all lining up. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's cabin fever, but no yeah. fevers. <laughs> yeah. No real fevers. Absolutely. This has been absolutely fantastic. We are so going to head over to After Chatter. Joey's going to show us some video of these cards. And you can come watch, but you can also come and listen because the After Chatter show is a bonus podcast. We have 100 episodes of this bonus podcast we have 100 videos for you if you subscribe to the crafty ass female patreon which is a great way to support the show for five dollars a month you get access to all this stuff and if you really want to binge some stuff right now we have the content for you to binge um like i said videos podcasts we have great interviews and podcasts with people like Allie Edwards, with people like Austin Cleon, Lisa Congdon, Amber Kemp-Kerstel, which is my favorite episode right now. I am so obsessed with her. She is my, I'm just obsessed. So we'll be back next week 
with another amazing guest. But right now we are headed to After Chatter. We are going to have a great time with Joy and these cards. So come over to After Chatter, craftiestfemale.com slash Patreon. We'll get you all of the details. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Love you so much.